disconnected when you or your partner expresses anger? Or are you afraid of escalating when either one of you expresses irritation? Welcome to Passion Unlimited Podcast. I am your host, psychotherapist, author, and founder of Fearless Love, Gianni Adamo. Conflict is unavoidable in intimate relationships. What happens in your relationship when you want more closeness while your partner needs more personal time alone? Or what about when your partner is interested in sex and you're too tired and need some rest? In today's episode, I will be discussing anger and resentment, the effects they have on your body, the effects they have on your brain, and the effects on your relationship. Then I will be providing strategies to help you stay connected, to say what you need to say assertively, and solve anger and resentment with your partner. So, as you know, I am a couples therapist and the majority of couples that come to see me need support and work with resolving anger and conflicts. There's only been a handful of couples that come through that I'm just like so excited when I see them communicating with one another that don't have all this pent up anger or they really know how to listen to one another. And of course, you're probably asking, Gianni, then who the heck is coming in to see you if they can resolve their conflicts without getting involved with so much anger and resentment? But there are, um, sometimes there are issues of infidelity or issues of the in-laws or the children or sex or finances that they have to work through, but it's not really about their communication skills. But here, we're going to focus today on handling and expressing anger that is constructively and really not suppressing it because there are people who won't be blowing up and in your face but yet they're suppressing their anger and it's a passive aggressive form um, and it can also be very damaging to them and their relationship even if they're not yelling and screaming. So the truth is that chronic anger or unprocessed anger is quite damaging. So let's explore the effects of anger and resentment on your brain first. So what happens in your brain is that the source of anger which comes through disappointment, frustration, judgment, rejection, or fear will spark the amygdala in your brain. And the amygdala is basically able, um, its ability is to feel certain emotions in yourself and to perceive those emotions in other people. The amygdala, amygdala is triggered before you are consciously aware of it, and that is because it's part of your survival, part of your survival brain, and it's faster than your thinking brain, okay? So when the amygdala goes off and it sparks, there are a series of signals that are sent, and eventually there's a signal that goes to your adrenal gland, and it secretes hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and elevated cortisol levels as we know is not good for us because there is a loss of neurons in the pre-cortal frontal cortex which controls your executive functioning that means that the elevated cortisols prevent you from thinking clearly and making sound decisions even for future planning 
And if you think about it, this is why when we are so super stressed, we can't think clearly. We literally need to take a nap, we need to take a walk, we need to do some yoga or something to shift this energy because we can't even think properly. Elevated cortisol levels also kills neurons that affect your short-term memory, okay? And additionally, too much cortisol will decrease serotonin levels. And for most of us were, that are studying all of this, we know that the serotonin levels, it promotes higher serotonin levels, will promote those happy feelings that everybody wants, which in turn, if you are diminishing the serotonin levels and not feeling happy, this creates this negative cycle of you feeling more irritable, feeling more pain in your body, and also increasing um, aggressive behaviors. Or if you're not increasing aggressive behaviors, you may be going the opposite direction, which is it leads you to depressed depression and depressive moods. So for those of you who may not be feeling, uh, you know, like aggressive and angry and explosive, but you deal with bouts of depression, this talk, it's probably really good for you also on helping you to heal and deal with the anger and resentment that may have been suppressed and lodged in your soul. Okay, so more effects of anger on the body. It increases heart disease, stroke, it weakens your immune system, which obviously today we need to have a very strong immune system if we're going to combat the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So you definitely want to resolve anger and resentment because without resolving anger and resentment, you are vulnerable to this pandemic. Okay. Or it just increases your vulnerability. Um, also, anger and resentment uh, worsens anxiety disorders. And it's also a form of chronic stress in your body and it shortens your lifespan, which is not a good thing. So when we have chronic anger and resentment, it makes you also be more rigid in your personality, highly defensive, and eventually makes you cold and an unempathic person in long-term effects. So nobody wants to be that person, nobody. So additionally, the effects of anger and resentment on your relationship, need I say, it's very damaging. Using anger and defensiveness to protect yourself creates a wall that interferes in closeness and in intimacy. So that then leads to you feeling isolated and alone. What is one of the biggest dangers that we're facing right now with this pandemic is couples and individuals feeling isolated. Well, guess what? Just by resolving issues with anger and resentment, will help you to feel more connected to your partner, more connected to your community, more connected to the family, more connected to your friends, and not feeling isolated. Additionally, anger within a relationship will cause your partner to be put off, be upset, feel intimidated or afraid of you. And it puts them on the defensive. Once again, all of this creates a negative cycle. That it's like an entrapment that you guys can't get out. For those of you who are using, excuse me, who are using anger to resolve conflict resolution, it sets an unhealthy precedent not only for your relationship but for your children. 
because now you're ignoring the need for open and trusting communication to stay healthy, to stay committed, to stay connected to your partner. So what's the deal here? What is happening on the inside of an angry person? Usually the situation is that an angry person or an angry partner feels helpless on the inside. They live in this world of what if. What if my partner would change and improve? Unfortunately, this mindset puts you or puts the power in your spouse's court. And in the meantime, you grow and resentment. So it's bad news. So to recognize some signs of anger, because a lot of people don't even know that they're angry or they're just really in denial. They're like, I'm not an angry person, but they really are. Here are some signs so that if you can recognize yourself here, or um, some of you will easily recognize your partners. But anyways, dismissing your partner's feelings and ideas without listening. That's a cue of someone who's actually just angry at their partner who you don't even give them enough respect to listen to like, their ideas and their feelings. Withdrawing or abandonment. And this is a threat. And this is I, one of my pet peeves. I really don't like this one at all because it actually at the end of the day, it says, do what I want or I'm leaving. And ultimately it's emotional blackmail. And there's a lot of people who use it and it works. And they use it because it works. It works very, very well. You black, you're basically blackmailing your partner, and if they don't do what you say, you're leaving. And that happens a lot. Another form of anger is threats to harm, humiliate, or shame your partner, and that's highly abusive as well. Blaming, which is a more common form of anger, and just about everybody has been down that path and can take responsibility, hopefully, for being a blamer belittling or degrading, making your partner feel foolish, guilt tripping. And I think most of us have experience with that. Unfortunately, a lot of well-meaning parents um, and moms use that one as a very highly manipulative tool to get the kids to do what they need them to do. And unfortunately, many times it continues into adulthood. But again, that's another form of control and manipulation and signs of anger that you can't express yourself fully as an adult. Sarcasm, another red flag of anger. Judge, judging people or judging your partner, continuously passing judgment on their thoughts, their ideas, their, what they do. Contempt, passive aggressive remarks and behaviors. And just a side note uh, with the hostility, obviously if there is violence in your relationship, the best thing to do is to call 911 and each of you has to go into individual counseling. You don't call a couple's counselor when you have domestic violence. You call an individual counselor and you get yourself into therapy and if your partner wants his marriage or her marriage with you, they need their own individual therapy and you each need to work out and work through your own issues. And as you guys do that, and if you guys still want to be together and believe you can change this dynamic of, of, uh, of physical violence, then you get into couples therapy, okay? But you both need to have done enough individual work first. All right, so let's talk about some strategies on dealing with anger and resentment, because that's why you're listening to this podcast. 
you want to know how to resolve this internally for yourself and move your relationship to a healthier place with, where anger and resentment is not so present anymore. In fact, resentment should be, there should be zero resentment in your relationship, zero. And anger is an emotion that can come and go and we just know how to express it effectively. But anyways, the amount of support, appreciation and help that you are getting right now is all you're going to get given the current strategies that you are using. While anger focuses on the other person, on how your partner does things wrong and how they need to change, healthy coping strategies bring the focus back to you. If you want more cooperation, intimacy, and pleasure, then it is time to get your power back. And this begins with changing your thoughts and your attitudes so that the anger you feel is replaced with a more effective and empowering mindset. So what are some of these more effective and empowering mindsets, you might be asking? Oh, well, we have some answers. Okay, so the first thing I want you guys to start doing is to shift from blame and attack to take responsibility. And in just about every marriage, everybody gets kind of like in a loop of blaming and attacking your partners. So I want you to catch yourself as quickly as you see that you're blaming and attacking your partner. And I want you to pause. I want you to take a step back. I want you to actually to take a time out and stop that argument and recognize this is not going to take you to the place that you want, which is more intimacy, support, love, connection. All of that's going to rip all that apart. Okay, so most angry people are looking for fault. So I want you to stop looking for fault. I want you to stop blaming. Instead, I want you to say, you know what? I'm going to choose peace over being right. And I'm going to take responsibility for the miscommunication that has led to this ordeal. Okay, that's the first step. Second step is... If you need to apologize, because most likely you probably will need to apologize because either you misunderstood something, you reacted to something too quickly without listening, uh, or you're making accusations that are false, um, I want you to apologize. But I want you to apologize without making excuses or justifications. Recently, in session, I had a couple where the girlfriend apologized to the boyfriend but in the apology, it actually ended up hurting him more because basically what she had done was she said, well, you should have understood my position in this because you do this to me all the time. So she justified herself when she expressed an apology and it actually hurt him more. What he wanted from her was tenderness and kindness um, and compassion. Instead, she gave him snarky remarks, which is kind of condescending and passive aggressive. So please, I want you to catch yourself that if you are making an apology, you don't add any more strings to that apology. There are no excuses and there are no justifications. Okay. Consider, this one's extremely important and I want you to really 
underscore this one. It's consider that your anger is a secondary emotion, especially in intimate relationships. Your anger is not primary. You think it is, but it's not. Underneath the anger, there's actually a more another emotion, such as, for example, you may be feeling insecurity. So with that example with my uh, client from a few weeks ago, I um, instructed that client to actually let her boyfriend know that when he says something and does something different, it creates an emotional response in her world, which is called, I now feel insecure because I don't know if you were really inviting me, wanted me to go with you to the beach or you really wanted to go with your best friend, Thomas, let's just say, because that's the behavior that was exhibited. So, so in other words, when your partner does something that's inconsistent to what he says that he normally would do, or he tells you that he would want to do, or he already promised you that he would be doing, and it didn't get delivered, and you respond with anger, that's not a primary emotion. The primary emotion is either feeling hurt, or insecure, or feeling afraid, or anxious. Another primary feeling or emotion that goes even deeper than those is feeling powerless, or feeling ashamed, or a sense of betrayal, feeling used. These are much deeper, like more negative, harder feelings to get in touch with. So we normally cover them with irritability and anger and uh, resentment because feeling those other feelings are just really like really hard for us to go in and it takes bravery and courage to actually recognize that this is how we're truly feeling. Um, recently I had another client who called me and after 10 years of divorce she found out that her ex-husband who is a narcissist, after 10 years of this divorce she found out that he had uh, done some she, he scammed her out of their primary home, out of their marital home. There uh, was a whole series of things, and she thought when she had signed off and sold her house, it was being sold to a third party. And, it, and, and 10 years later, there was something that requested of her. She does the research, and she finds out that there was like this huge scam, <laughs> a huge scam with her marital home. So she was livid, and she called me. And she had so much anger. So I listened and I said to her, you know, we're going to call her um, Martha. You know, Martha, anger is not your primary emotion to this situation. And I said, perhaps I'm feeling that your primary emotion here is betrayal. And she's like, that's it. I'm so sick and tired. An entire lifetime of being betrayed by this person and even 10 years after their divorce she's still sensing the betrayal of this intimate partner so anyways so she's made some decisions and she's gonna stand her ground um, to this betrayal and in your marriage I want you to recognize if your partner is betraying you because they are consistently lying deceiving you this is not a healthy marriage and you're going to have to face that betrayal instead of shifting always to anger because the anger is keeping you stuck there in this abusive relationship. If you're continuously being in a position of be being betrayed, this is not a healthy place for you because trust is a necessary thing for a healthy 
foundation for love to grow and for healthy relationships. And betrayal is the antithesis of all of that. Okay, so what I would like for you to learn is and to shift into is to be more authentic and courageous. And that means being vulnerable. As long as you are not in a toxic relationship with a narcissist, because your vulnerability will be used against you there. But if you're not stuck with a narcissist, if you are married to another normal human being who is flawed, I want you to take courage. First, I want you to see your partner as you guys are on the same team. And I want you to make a conscious choice to stay emotionally connected with your partner because you are on the same team with this person. And then I want you to say your true feelings, which is I'm scared, I'm feeling vulnerable, I am worried, I'm feeling insecure, okay? So then from here, I want you to know something, that you also need to learn how to set limits and you also need to learn to take care of your needs. Many times what happens and what creates all this fighting is that we want our partners to take care of all of our needs, but our partners can take care of some of our needs, but then there are other things that we need to take care of ourselves. And setting limits is one of them. Um, a while back, I remember I, I was with a, um, in a relationship where we were away on a holiday or on a vacation, and we were with his children, and I was making us dinner, and we were at one of those um, house rentals, and it didn't have enough uh, pots and pans, and I was trying to make some pasta, you know, with a marinara sauce and some meatballs or whatever. So because I ran out of pots, I ended up taking the Pyrex that belongs in the oven, and I placed it on top of the stove. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. But anyways, I did it because I didn't have pots, and I'm like, well, I need something to cook on, and the thing exploded. Long story short, it exploded. And it freaked me out completely because I've never had an explosion in the kitchen. Of course, thank God that there was not like fire coming out of this kitchen, but it exploded and it was enough to cause me distress because again, I had not, I've not witnessed this before. And of course it would have been my fault if we had caused like damage to this kitchen or to ourselves. But anyways, bottom line is that I freaked out and the boyfriend at the time was standing there watching, we were together, but he was just like keeping me company while I cooked. And he sees this whole thing and I immediately get into trying to like clean up this mess and get rid of and clean up all this before it can start into a fire or whatever. And he's just standing there watching me. So in addition to me being scared and freaked out and panicked because of, you know, glass exploding on the stovetop, and then whatever I was cooking goes into the stove and I didn't know if it was gonna catch flame as well. He's just watching me and now I am double triggered because I had now another issue that I had with him and it was like, why is he just watching me as I am trying to contain this crisis? Because <laughs> I saw this as a crisis, a potential crisis and he's not stepping in and helping me and taking action, right? And keeping us safe as a family. Because at the end of the day, it was me. It was himself. He, who was there? He was there. I was there. And the kids were like in the living room. And they were his children. So I'm like, hello. So anyway, so I got double triggered. <laughs> so I 
contained my distress, cleaned up the mess, of course, directed him to helping me and supporting me. And then I said, I started, I moved things around in the, in the kitchen and I started then preparing the meal, the, that part of the meal again and gave him instructions on how to finish it. With that, I ended up then telling him that I was going to take a bath. And I went into the master bedroom, I turned on the jacuzzi tub, and I threw in some um, soap, soap and bubbly things, and I took like a 30-minute de-stressing bubble bath in the jacuzzi tub. And, then, and it was like, I turned off all the lights. I was so distressed. It was just like two triggers for me. <laughs> the fear and the panic, and then the anger of being like abandoned because he didn't jump in to rescue me and this kitchen and said he was watching me. So anyways, this double trigger, I'm like, I need to go take care of me. So I gave him instructions on how to finish the dinner and took off to the bedroom and took care of myself. So then I come out of the bedroom, I was de-stressed and I felt much better. I ate my dinner that he had finished. The kids had already eaten with him. And then we went and sat outside in the balcony and then he talks to me and he said, you know, I really wanted you to have had dinner with us and I'm really disappointed that you didn't join us. But I looked at him straight in the eyes and I was so like happy because this is probably the first time in my life I was able to do this. And I said, you know what? I would have loved to have been able to sit with you guys and that was my heart's desire to make you this delicious meal for all of us to enjoy together because I'm quite the I'm quite the nurture sidebar so I love to cook for people and entertain and and, and and just enjoy a good meal together and so anyways bottom line is that was my heart's desire to have to have my dinner with him and his boys instead I needed to take care of me, I said. I was triggered, I was in panic mode, and then I got really angry because I felt you had abandoned me when you should have stepped in to take care of this issue and, you know, and help me without me having to give you directions. So instead of me finishing this meal and then getting resentful and sitting there unhappy having this meal with you guys, I decided that I would take care of myself first shift my energy and then come back and have a, a meal by myself and then join you and you know in good spirits and feeling happy and he understood thank god so this was like the first time in my life that i can remember really choosing me over serving the family or taking care of others um so that was like a huge victory for me as a human being and finally recognizing that my needs come first I don't need to prioritize all these people, this family, the boyfriend, the husband, whomever first, and then put myself last because that keeps me in resentment mode, in unhappy mode. And when I was able to take care of myself first, like I said, I came back, I totally enjoyed my dinner, I enjoyed the evening, we had a fabulous time. After that, we went out on the town with the kids and we had a fabulous time. Okay, so that's you setting boundaries and you taking care of yourself first. Um, another area that we need to quickly go over is forgiveness. And I know I've talked about this in the last episode or two episodes prior, but uh, forgiveness means changing your feelings, your desires, your thoughts and actions towards your partner. It means to letting go of the negativity, letting go of the grudges, and to let go of the desire for revenge or retaliation. 
letting go of bitterness, being intentional about not allowing bitterness to take root in your heart and in your soul. It is better to shift that into a positive, empathic, kind um, action towards yourself and towards your partner. Um, if you still need help in this area, then I would suggest that you would start logging your anger. So here, you take a journal, and or even on your computer, you can every day write down, you know, what has triggered you, what event happened, and what situation triggered your anger, how you responded to the anger. Were you sarcastic? Were you being mean or condescending? And then I want you to see if you can figure out what your primary emotion uh, to this situation was. Were you feeling lonely and scared? Did you need support and help? Did you feel insecure? Because once you get to the root of what your true emotion really was, then you can come back to your partner, apologize for acting out in anger, but you can say instead, this is what I should have told you yesterday, and it's that I just felt scared. Um, that, you know, I still haven't found a job through this pandemic and I don't know which direction my life is going to go into. And all I needed really was a hug. You see that? Um, once you get to your primary emotion, you can actually be vulnerable and say what you really need to say. All right. So I hope you've been enjoying this. Um, we are focused on a relationship reboot series here on Passion Unlimited podcast. And if you want to go from surviving to thriving in your life, love, and relationship, please subscribe to Passion Unlimited Podcast to any of you and any of the podcast networks from iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, so please subscribe to me on YouTube. You could find me through Fearless Love or through Gianni Adamo. And please leave me comments and questions. And if you can relate to some of this stuff, you can find me also on Instagram as Gianni Adamo. That's J-I-A-N-N-Y, Adamo, A-D-A-M-O. That's Emma's and Mary. You can join our Facebook group, and that's Passion Unlimited Podcast as a Facebook group. And you can also find me at my website and request a free 15-minute consultation at fearlesslove.net fearlesslove.net please subscribe comment and share until next time